Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and it's time for another devotional study. Please be sure to visit our webpage at biblestudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes and various Bible study resources. Let's have a word of prayer before we begin. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of Bible study. Thank you that we can communicate with you in prayer. We invite your Holy Spirit to come upon us. We ask you to give us wisdom and understanding and help us to divide your word rightly. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's study is entitled, Covet the Best Gifts. Our passage for this study comes to us from 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31. And it reads in the King James Version. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31. If you will recall, this leads us right into 1 Corinthians 13, which is, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. So what Paul was showing here is that spiritual gifts are excellent. They're important. But if you're lacking love, they're pointless. 1 Corinthians 12 is an emphasis on spiritual gifts and their role in the church. In fact, it begins this way. Verse 1 of chapter 12 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Okay? So he goes on to talk about diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Diversities of operation, but the same God. Manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. One of the key points that he makes in this chapter is that it is God who decides what gifts people get and how many gifts people get. And there's no explanation in the Bible for why. There's nothing that will tell you why is it some guy gets five, some guy gets two, some guy gets one talent. Why does someone get preaching and teaching, someone get healing? Right? John the Baptist was a powerful preacher, but he did no miracles. Why? 
Only God knows. Right? Peter and Paul, there are a number of miracles that are associated with them. We know all of the disciples did miracles because Christ sent them out two by two on two occasions. Once the 12 went out that way and once the 70 went out that way. And so we know that they did all manner of things, including the casting out of devils. So we know that all 12 of the apostles and 70 of the disciples, to include the 12 apostles, had at some point done all of these miracles, healed the sick, etc. We know that Paul and Peter were involved in you know that Peter's involved Paul was involved in raising the dead Peter oh yeah Peter did ra raise the dead too Dorcas again God decides who gets what and how much what's important for us and what Paul is is talking about as he comes toward the end of this particular chapter about spiritual gifts is that we need to be content with the spiritual gifts that God has given us. And when I say that, I mean, don't look at what God has given someone else and, and envy them. Don't look at what so God has given someone else and ask, well, why didn't I get that? And how come, you know, this is my sphere, my scope, my sphere. And that works in both directions, by the way. Don't be someone with five talents who says, oh, why did I get this burden of these many gifts that I have to deal with when someone over here with just their one talent is able to go and do what they have to do and be focused and, and not be caught up in, you know, solving a lot of different problems or being involved in a lot of different ways. We need to seek God's strength to deal with what God has given us. When Paul talks about coveting the best gifts the best gifts are those where God can use us to reach other people. Okay? Why would I say that? Well, in, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, he says, follow after charity, right? Because he spent a whole chapter talking about love, charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Prophesying, exhortation, Witnessing. Prophesying isn't just preaching from a pulpit, right? Let's be clear. Prophesying is not just about preaching from the pulpit. That's certainly included, but it's not the only way. Prophesying is a proclamation of the gospel on some level, okay? You can do it as a matter of personal testimony. You can do it as a matter of an evangelistic sermon. You can do it, you know, before hundreds of people or thousands. You can do it in small group settings with a few people, you can do it one-on-one -on -one with someone. But proclaiming unto people that which God has done for you, if you think about the demoniacs who were healed um, from the Gadarenes, and they wanted to come along with Christ, and Christ said, no, you guys stay here, and go to your friends and family and tell them what great things God has done for you. They were influential 
in having that town be receptive for the next time Christ came. Because at that point, at the moment that Christ was having that, that, that discussion with them, the people had gathered together to send Christ away because of the herd of swine that had been lost. But the next time Christ went that way, because of the testimony of the demoniacs, the whole town was receptive, right? That area, Decapolis, was receptive for Christ. We need to covet the best gifts. If we are not sure what the best gifts are, ask God. But the best gifts are those which involve us personally in service in a way that will bring glory to his name and help other people in. The spiritual gifts of the church are beneficial to the church. Right? It's not just for outside. But mind you, let's be fair, evangelism is also beneficial to the church. Even though evangelism is focused on people who are not in the church, true evangelism, thorough and complete evangelism, must deal with people after they've been brought in. Okay, if you harvest all of the of the produce of your field and just throw it down any old place, then all that work you did in planting and in 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 sowing and and in reaping and in managing it throughout the the course of the season will have been for naught. It'll be a waste. Likewise, in a spiritual context, bringing people into the church bringing people into a broader fellowship with Christ can't stop after they're baptized. Baptism is, is almost the beginning, right? Obviously, you're doing work prior to the baptism, but baptism is not graduation, okay? Baptism is transition to a more consistent phase. Uh, so we need to covet the gifts that will allow us to do the work that God needs us to do. We need to look at spiritual gifts in light of what God needs us to accomplish for him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are not just raw talents used in a, a religious way. Spiritual gifts are special gifts that God provides to people in connection with his church. That is to say, your spiritual gift might not extend outside of a church setting. You could be the best preacher and not an otherwise good speaker as a spiritual gift, right? And I'm not suggesting that you should not seek to cultivate whatever abilities the Lord gives you. I think we always, whatever the talents we get, if remember the, the parables that Christ gave, whatever talents we get, we should seek to enlarge them and expand them for the glory of God. But there are people that I know who can manage a Sabbath school class or who are very organized within a church management context and only in a church management context. Not that they're disorganized elsewhere, but they don't, they don't do that same kind of administration and organization anywhere else. Right? So that you can see that that's a gift that is given them specifically for operating within a church context. But whether you have natural abilities that you 
dedicate and consecrate to the service of God, or you have specialized gifts that are only leveraged in a spiritual context. We need to seek to do the will of God. We need to seek to covet the best gifts, and we need to exercise our gifts in love. If we do not exercise them in love, then it will be pointless. At the end of the day, God is love. Not God has love or God exercises love. God is love. And it is only in a manifestation of love that the gospel has its greatest impact. And so we need to make sure that we are um, not worrying about what other people, how other people are gifted, not seeking to do just what others are doing necessarily. Everyone is not an apostle, and that's okay. Everyone is not a prophet, and that's okay. Everyone is not a teacher, and that's okay. Not everyone will get to work miracles, and that's okay. Not everyone will have the gift of healing, although there's the medical missionary work, and that's okay. Everyone will not speak in tongues. Will not. Speaking in tongues is not a sign of the Holy Spirit in the sense that that's the only valid sign and if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 30, makes it clear. Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer to those three questions is no, just like the first four questions of verse 29. We need to covet earnestly the best gifts. We need to pray to the Lord that he will instruct us in, in the way that we ought to go. Ask him, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to serve you in the best way possible. Grant unto me the gift that will be most appropriate and help me to know what that gift is. All right? Help me to know what it is. Help me to operate in accordance with your will. Although, to be totally honest, if you commit yourself to serving the Lord in the best way possible, and you simply follow his direction and his leading wherever it is and whenever it is, you don't actually have to know what your gift is. I'm not saying that you should not know. I'm pointing out that knowledge of the gift is not the most important thing. It's exercising the gift when asked. When God calls upon you to do X, if you do it in accordance with his will, that's better than knowing that you have a gift and that's where that ends. Or trying to execute the gift as though it is your own raw power. We need to covet the best gifts and the best gifts are those that operate in service to others. Right? Philippians 2 tells us about having the mind of Christ. If we have the mind of Christ and we serve others, if we have the ministry of reconciliation, as in 2 Corinthians 5, if we covet the best gifts, then we will be a blessing to those around us. And God's name will be glorified and his kingdom will be enlarged. And remember, there is a more excellent way. And that way is through love or charity. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness to us. 
We thank you, Lord, that although Paul says here to covet the best gifts, he's not talking about coveting our neighbor, but in pleading with you for the best gift, the, the most appropriate gift that exercises the plans you have for us. We ask you to help us to consecrate ourselves to your service, to be focused on what it is that you would have us to do. Help us to do everything in love and through the power of your Holy Spirit. And when time shall be no more, please, we pray that we will have had a positive impact on those around us and have led souls to your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Remember, you can find Rightly Divide the Word of Truth on Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you normally obtain your podcasts. And be sure to check out the True Wisdom podcast as well, which I co-host with my brother. You can contact us via email at biblequestions at asbzone.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether you have questions, comments, suggestions, or concerns. We appeal to you as Paul appealed to the Thessalonians. Brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study and share his holy word.